Now let me give you this, and I'm going to have you stand. We're going to read from uh, the last chapter in the book of Genesis, chapter 50. I'm going to preach to you not on Joseph. Let me give you something about Joseph before you stand, before we read, before I talk to you. Joseph is the most Christ-like man in the Old Testament or the New. Joseph never complained. Boy, wouldn't you like to have him as a member? Joseph never criticized. Man, that'd be tremendous, wouldn't it? Joseph never did. You'll never find in the story of Joseph. And by the way, uh, about one-third of the book of Genesis is written about Joseph. I mean, he's so important. He's so important. Now, I preached on Enoch before I got sick. There are seven verses in the Bible about Enoch. And you'll find four of them in the book of Genesis. You'll find one of them in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And you'll find two of them in the book of Jude, that one chapter, just uh, about Enoch. But Joseph, you'll find over and over and over again, things that God said about this man, Joseph. Author Pete says there's 111 places in the book of Genesis alone where Joseph was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph, a mighty man. I'm going to show you how that five things came in his life. Five things that he had to put up with in life. Five things. Now let me give you something. I had one of the best mothers that a man ever had. But she had more trouble with Romans 8, 28 than any other verse in the Bible. And, it starts off, and we, plural, we, right here tonight, and we know, not hope so, maybe so popular, and we know that all, A-double-L, all things work together for good to those that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Now my mother would say, if she'd have been living, she'd say, uh, you know, your heart attack. Are you sure? I'd say, the Bible, so I'm sure. And you see, and I told you, it's not only my heart, I've got a bleeding stomach. I told Brother Carlson today, I said, I, I, I don't understand it. I thought it was fixed up. But I said, praise God. I'm going to praise God anyway. I'm going to shout the rest of the way home. If I shout in the dead city tonight, I'm going to shout on in. And I believe that's the way it ought to be. And this verse, I'm going to show you in the life of Joseph. It said all things, plural. Everything that happened to Joseph uh, was for his good and God's glory. If you, and I'll show you in a minute the two things you have to fill up or you have to measure up to. If you, if it's true about you, I don't care if you stump your toe. I don't care if you go to the hospital. I don't care if your house burns. I don't care if your car turns over. And I've had some of that to happen in my life. If the Bible is so, it works out for your good and for God's glory. Now, you may not understand it when it happens. You may not understand it when it happens. And the devil come around and say, ask why. Quit that asking why. And shout and shout be that verse. Stand with me, please. We'll quickly all of the house. I'm going to begin reading and read to you uh, in the last chapter in verse 15. If you have your Bible open, in verse 15, I want to get right into the message. The 50th chapter of the book of Genesis and verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that the father was dead, that father was dead, they said, Joseph will take adventure hate us. And will, cert and, and will certainly requite us of all the evil that we did unto him. Now stop right there. They said, Papa died, now he'll take it out on us. <laughs> and if he'd have been like some Baptist church members I know, he would have taken it out. I mean, he'd have been, uh, they'd have been mean as the devil. And he'd have been mean as the devil. But you know what? If Papa's dead, he's going to do it. And then look at verse 16. And they sent a message unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, 
soul shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did it unto evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of God, thy, of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the place of God. Now let me stop right there and say something. If you're in the place God wants you to be in tonight, I don't care what comes, what goes. Brother, you hear me, God's going to take care of you. You hear me, God's going to, he's going to protect you. And Joseph said, I'm in the place of God. He said, I'm right here where God wants me. I know what the Bible says. But as for you, you thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear you not. I will nurse you. I like that. Well, I like that. They, they said, he'll cuss us. He'll beat us. He'll kick us. He'll be mean as a devil to us. He said, I will nurse you and your little ones. Notice what the book said. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Notice what he said he did. Oh, it's a blessing to look here. He said he spoke kindly and he comforted them. He nursed them. He said, you're going to be mean to us. Joseph said, well, uh, you didn't know. You didn't know when you said that what you were talking about. Boy, Joseph was one that could claim that everything that crossed his path was for God's glory and his good. And if you're saved tonight, and in the purpose of God, you can say the same thing. Would you be seated all the house? And I'm going to pray and bring you the message. Father, we thank you tonight. Every blessing you bless us with. Oh, how wonderful it is to be in the house of God. And I pray in Jesus' name, the sweet spirit of God, will move upon every heart and every life and every soul. And I pray tonight that we'll be able to say like Paul. And we know, may we not go out of here doubting. May we not go out of here, Lord, looking back over the things that's happened. And question the almighty God. I'm glad you're on the throne I'm glad you're almighty, you're sovereign. I'm glad that you never made a mistake and you never will make one. And I pray tonight that our hearts will be stirred as we look into the Bible, as we trust in the great scripture that says all things. And we'll praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, I'm speaking on that. How we know that all things in Romans 8 and verse 28, all things the Bible says will work out for God's glory and for your good and my good. All things work together for good. You say, preacher, I don't understand this. I don't understand when my boy gets in jail. I don't understand it when my daughter didn't come in and the home is broken and sorrow comes. Well, let me say that all things in Romans 8, 28, are going to work out just like yeah. that. You say, preacher, how do you know that's the conditions before you can claim Romans 8, 28? And I'll show you how Joseph, who lived many hundreds of years before, could claim that verse. You say, preacher, how? He said, we know all things will work for good if two things are real in your life. First of all, to those of them that love God. Brother, you got to love Jesus. I'm glad that the Bible says that we need to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind. And if you're here tonight and you really love God, I'm not talking about getting up and singing, oh, how I love Jesus on Sunday morning. I'm talking about demonstrating that God said his word. 
God in your heart. And the Bible said, for those that love God. And then he said, secondly, and are called according to his purpose. I'm a little fat boy that God picked up many years ago and saved me so good. I've never got no reference. And the second thing he did, he said, i got a purpose for you. He said, oh, God's got a purpose for every star that he put upon you. And God's got a purpose for the sun that shines for the to bring the light. And the moon of God Almighty. Brother, you'll be blessed. You say, Preacher, do you believe that Joseph fulfilled those two things? I believe Joseph loved the Lord. I believe Joseph fulfilled the purpose that God called him to do. You say, what? I believe there are five things. All things work together for good to those that love God. And I believe there are five things that you'll find in Joseph's life. Number one, they start with them. Keep your Bible open. I'll keep mine closed because I've memorized it. But you write in the margin of your Bible these five things. Number one, family things. Uh, the first encounter that Joseph had with trouble was family trouble. And you know what will hurt you worse than any kind of trouble when it gets in your family? You wonder why did my children turn against me? Why do I have family trouble? There's something about family domestic trouble that'll bother you. You say, how do you know that Joseph had family trouble? First time you read about Joseph in Genesis chapter 37, it says with some in verse 4, and his brothers hated him. In verse 11, it said, and his brothers envied him. In verse 14, it says, and they conspired against him until it got so bad that they could not speak to him. Have you ever let things get in your family where hate arose and where there was envy and where there was conspiracy and you couldn't even speak one to another? A boy couldn't speak to his daddy. Oh, you listen to me, a daughter can speak to mother. The Bible said they couldn't speak to Joseph. You say, well, why did they hate him and envy him and conspire against him? Three things, write them down. First of all, because of his devotion. You see, he is sold out to God. They thought he is crazy. If you get really right about having your family marks you off, did you know that? They say, bless the Lord. He's sold out. He's devoted to much spiritual things. Some of these people belong to the clubs and the societies and they can go all over the country to football games and everything on the sun and they can be devoted to pleasure. But you let a man get old fights and heart fails. Holy good salvation. And be devoted to the Lord Jesus. And brother, his family, a lot of times will come against him when he's devoted. He was devoted and they hated him because he said he's mine. Woo! I'll do it very much. Now there's devotion. 
The second thing, write it down. He's blessed. Not only he, he had a coat of many colors, and they hated him because of that. You know what that meant? Now, I'm not going to take much time. I'm going to try to get into the message and get through. But you hear me tonight? That dress stood for the priesthood of the family. In other words, the boy that wore that that special coat was going to get all the spiritual blessings. Boy, that blesses me. I want to be the spiritual blessings and the blessed. Same apart from his brothers. Now let me stop long enough. Some of you church members are bad about this. But you know, some of you in your family, because since you got saved and you got in the church and you started tithing, you're wearing better clothes, you got a better car, and listen to me, you got a better house. And some of you church, God will stick up their noses. And there'll be family trouble. They hated Joseph because of his devotion. They hated Joseph because of his dress. But number three, they hated Joseph because of he was a dreamer. He said, boys, I had a dream. And one day you're going to find him at my feet as I'm headed for the throne. He said, you may look down on me now and I may be out here in the shepherd's field, but I'm going to wind up on the throne. Said, I had a dream and the Holy Ghost showed me that one day God was going to elevate me. Tell me if you could just dream once in a while about what God on the other side. If you could just see what God it's going to do for you. I want you to know that he did it because of his devotion and his dress and his dreams. And he takes up and I'll have to hurry on. Hear me? A church will die that doesn't dream. A priest and a man will die that doesn't dream. they got to have dreams and things that you want God to do for you. And brother Joseph had dreams. Uh, there's three things his brothers did to him and I'll Leave the famous things. You say, what did brothers do? First, they stripped him. Oh, can you imagine taking it and totally stripping him his own brothers? I mean, his blood brothers. They stripped him. They took what he had. They stripped him. But a low down thing it was. Secondly, they shoved him in a pit. And when they shoved him in a pit, he was there at the bottom of that pit. And he brought him bread. And they sat down beside that pit made bread that he brought unto them. Some of you have been blessed for your family. You've eaten the bread that they brought to you. And you, you sat down and watched them sink lower in the pit that you shoved them in. Joseph, they stripped him. And Joseph was shot in the pit. And then the third thing they did to Joseph, they sold him to Ishmaelites, the most hated people, the most despised people, the Ishmaelites. A caravan came by, and Judah said, let's, let's be just, let's don't kill him, let's sell him, mister. Just like they sold the Lord, and mister, they'll sell you down the country, and they'll sell the church down the country, and they'll sell spiritual things down the country. There's some things that ought not to be for sale. Oh, you say, what happened? So they be this, my life. They couldn't bound him, put him over an old camel and tied him. There he was, a teenager tied. And that old camel gets in that caravan and starts away from the brothers. One of the brothers, I see Benjamin say, Judah, uh, 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 maybe later, one of them says, Hey, Joseph! 
What about it now, buddy? You've been sold. You're bound. You're headed out of the country. What do you think about your God now? I believe old Joseph just smiled and said it's one of those things on the way. I want to tell you, praise God, there'll be a lot of things that'll cross your path on your way to heaven. And it'll be just one of those things that happen. He said, for we know all things work together for death. Joseph said one of those things. Number two, not only do you find uh, family things, uh, but the second thing, foreign things. Uh, if you take your Bible and get home, chapter 39, verse 1, and they came down with Joseph in Egypt. Uh, and had a terrible thing. He he never been on that stomping ground. Uh, he was down in Egypt. Uh, in a far country. I'll let me say a couple of things and then I'll give you two things that meant for Joseph to be down in Egypt. Number one, there'll be a lot of things that'll seem foreign to you that'll happen. You'll go to your pastor and say, Preacher, it's fun. Brother, I've been on foreign ground a lot of times. And I'm glad, praise the Lord. I didn't have to worry because he owns it all. Praise God. He owned Egypt. He owned the whole world. And here was Joseph among the fine things of this world. That meant two things for him to be down there as a partner. Number one, there's another and many was a slave, and a slave didn't have two things. I've got both of them, and I'm not a slave, thank God. I'm glad you set me free. But they say, what did it mean for Jesus to be in Egypt? Oh, my preacher, one of those things on the way to the throne, and you say, what about all of us a slave? But he was sold one day. And guess who bought him? You say, then I should be. That's what she said. Oh, listen to me. I'm glad old Potter, but the captain of the guard came up there. He said, I think I'll find your slave today. And he looked across there and he said, that little old Hebrew young over there looks like who I'm a support. You know why that old rich man, God has his hands on that lady. Somebody says, God, that has anything to do with this. And yet he does and he was told that day. And if they throw him down and he hung on his hands, I hear that gentleman say, Now, Joseph, what do you think about your soul, the catch of the guards of Pharaoh? He said, Devil, it's just another thing on my way to Joseph was down there in a strange place uh, among strange people. Uh, and I mean, he couldn't explain it. Uh, hear me, tell me, it's a Christian. Uh, there'll be times that foreign things are coming to your life uh, and you won't understand them. Uh, well, first of all, let's go to paper things, foreign things. I write this down, fleshly things. Uh, the Bible says in verse 17, chapter 39, that <laughs> Potiphar's wife came in and cast her eyes on Joseph. Said, "Boy, you the cutest thing that ever came out of the land of Joseph." And she said, "Come lie with me. My husband's gone." Now the devil said, "Joseph, this is a chance you make a hit. This is a chance you uh, really become somebody." Oh, Joseph, your boy is a slave, and you just look for him. You want him? Joseph sat there in that corner. That old girl looked at him and that English part of his wife and she said, Come on with me. Nobody will know it. My heart. 
come. But Joseph said two things. He said, you're not my property. Go with it. He said, you're somebody else's property. I wish so many people could learn that. Bless God, he said, you're not my property. And the second thing he said, listen to this. He said, not only you're not my property, but he said, how can I do this wickedness? And still against God. He said, I'd be sinning the one that is looking. I'd be sinning against the one that knows what's going on. And he got up and ran. All she got was his coat. Say, amen. I believe he got that. But that coat down his feet a little bit, so it wouldn't work very much. And praise God, he just kept on running. You say, brother, please. Now let me give you something. You're going to encounter practical things. And you know, you say, I got sick through all the press. No, you don't. Listen to me, if you forget everything I say about Joseph, Joseph had to face twice with me. I want to give you four or five things about the flesh, and then I'll go on. Number one, in the flesh, there's no good thing. I don't care how much powder you put on it. I don't care how many eyeballs you get out. I don't care what kind of suit you put on. Bless God, what kind of shoes you wear. In the flesh, there is no good thing. Number two, the flesh of failure. You better trust in the Holy Ghost and trust in people. The flesh will fail you. Are you listening? The flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. Matthew 26 says, Jesus went that dark against him and he got his face and prayed and got up and came back and he's laughing. The sweat is the word blood. And he said, Could you not walk and pray an hour? And then Jesus gave this great cruise. He said, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the third thing I want you to know is Jesus said to that man called Nicodemus, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. It'll be flesh till you die. But one day I'm going to drop this little it is wonderful, and the only thing you can do about the flesh is run from it. If you try to battle with it, Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 6, even, this is a battle that is between the spirit and between the flesh. I want to tell you, no match for the flesh. You better let the spirit of God suppress it, and you better crucify it, and you better let the Holy Ghost. I go up to Cherokee after the camp meeting. I like Indians. You say you do? I preach to them all the time. About every week when I was preaching, three months ago, I preached to Indians every night. Just about it. I'm preaching to some here tonight. You say there's no Indians here. Well, what do you do like this while I'm preaching? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, brother, you'll find them in every place you go. I got some good friends up in Cherokee. They only had one native barber shop when you go up there go to it. The Crow Brothers. And somebody wouldn't hurt to get a haircut. Say amen right there. Yeah. You don't have to go to Cherokee to get it. Wouldn't hurt to get one. Say amen something. Yeah. Well, when I go up there, I, I go to the Crow Brothers barber shop. I never will forget those Crow Brothers came here me the first time about 10 years ago when I was a black and this. And those people stepped out in the front back of the barn and brought Paul sitting and I shot Big brother, I'm telling you, I shot everything that wiggled that night. And the next day we were down at church and Brother Tom said, let's stop by and get a haircut. And I said, who's the barber? He said, the crow brother sat on the front row last night. 
I said, it was mad when they went out of life, man. He said, you're not scared, are you? All that bragging, you've been bragging, let's go in. I went in there and sat down. Oh, so put that they wrapped my neck and started to tighten I said, cool, are you going to scat me? He said, you skipped me last night and I'm scatting the day. <laughs> But here's the goal that the missionary that went to KP and he stopped and prayed and let a teach to the Lord. And the teacher didn't have nobody to teach him the word of God, but he got a Bible. And he read the Bible every day. He prayed every day. And seven months later, that missionary came back to him and said, Well, that's his book. How is it? How you been getting along since you've been saved? He said, The two dogs fight right in here. That they bark and they bark and they and snarling and take a fight all the time. And the missionary said to the chief, which one wins? And the old chief looked up and he said, the one I say, seek them to, the one that doesn't win. I, I want to tell it the same way. Yeah. There's a flesh and a spirit. Yeah. The one you say, seek them to. Yeah. But thank God, Joseph overcame the flesh with yeah. this. Let me tell you something. You know what that woman screamed? Right! Wait! And they came in and seized and tried to raise him. They grabbed him and took him to prison. Now let me say something. And they put him in prison for something he didn't do. Imagine that day was saying, Man, you know, what do you say? He said, One of those things. On oh, my way to the throne, thank God, just one of those things. The only time in this Bible that Joseph ever asked for a little bit of help. You know what he said? The only thing he never tried? Now, that didn't mean that for two years. Listen to me, I'm going to tell you something. That didn't mean that a woman lied on me. I'd have seen that a bar in there. I'd have seen all night all day. Get me out of here, you bunch of hypocrites. I didn't do anything. But Jesus never reached his voice. Never said a word. All he said when he was arrested and brought in there, he said, Brother, how long you got me? Someone get out tomorrow. He said, Will you do one thing for me? Will you get out? Will you remember me? Now let me show you something. First of all, we have angry things. And then we have foreign things. And then we have fleshly things. Let's come to number four. You have forgotten things. Have you ever felt like everybody forgot you? I don't know about you, but I have the hardest time remembering my wife's birthday. I mean, I have a hard time remembering anniversaries. And I have a hard time remembering certain things. Now, certain things, my birthday, I never have a hard time remembering it. I mean, it's just as easy for me when it's for you to remember your birthday. But I want to tell you something. Listen to me. They forgot Joseph. I mean, they forgot. And that brother forgot him for two years. He never thought about Joseph. And all the people that he met in the palace forgot about Joseph. Now, some of you preachers are going to get out of here and want to go around the church and you're going to feel forgotten. And some of you, I mean, you mothers are going to feel like that you've been forgotten. And some of you daddies are going to feel like that you've been forgotten. Oh, you say, but did everybody forget Joseph? Everybody but the one. You'll turn to the 39th chapter of the book of Genesis when you get home with this way. Write it down all Four times in the 39th chapter, it said, If the Lord was with you, he said, Honey, they forget you. But I'm with you. 
He was with him in the pit. He was with him in the palace. He was with him in the prison. Four times in that chapter it says, and the Lord was with Joseph. If Jesus goes with you, let me tell you something. I don't care who forgets you. The Lord will not forget you. And the Lord never forgets you. The Bible says, Paul, he said, all men forsook me. But the Lord remembered. Now, if they forgotten things, how easy it is. Now, forget. Now, watch this. I want to show you something. And they forgot Joseph. But something happened down there one night in the bed. Old Pedro. And he got up and he said, Hey, they found these and fortune tellers coming here. I had a dream. I don't know what that dream is. Now, somebody be perfect to dream. Oh, and about that time, the brother said, Oh, I know a little old Jew that I've forgotten him for two whole years. But he's an interpreter of dreams. Boy, they came to Joseph. They came to Joseph. You're going to stand in the presence of the great Pharaoh of Egypt. And he's going to elevate you, and you're going to be somebody. I hear the devil say, Now, Joseph, here's the thing for you to show Here's the thing for you to tell him you're a dream interpreter. Here's a chance for you to show them how cute you are. Uh, if you be in this day, it'd be a chance for telling them you ain't no safe in John. Uh, if you're in this day, it'd be a chance for you to tell them how many you have in Sunday school. Uh, that you got the fastest going Sunday school in the county. Uh, if it was in this day, it'd be a good chance for you to tell them about that new car you just got. Uh, oh, and they said, here comes Joseph. Here he's been forgotten, but here the Lord has forgotten. And old Joseph walked up and Pharaoh said, Can you interpret dreams? That was what Joseph said. Joseph said, No, I can't. I like that. <laughs> Boy, don't you know that that's worth fair He told me that you could interpret dreams, Joseph. Joseph said, No, I can't. But I serve a God. You can have it. Brother, you can't do it. I can't do it. But I'm glad Jesus, the Son of God, can do it. No. He said, what did it bring? Go to the Lord. He said, Lord, what is it? Lord, take it Let me give you number five and I'll close. Let's do these final things. Aren't you glad that God saved the mess on? Woo! 
Now you think that you made some cruel things. Not always say the best. But I told my wife one time, I said, there's any better news down here. I can't stand it. That's all there is to it. Praise God. It's wonderful to drink from the nectar of the grace of God in the promise of this year. It's wonderful.
and they take Joseph down and put him up in that chariot before Potiphar's house. And Potiphar walks out and bows. And then that old wicked lion, conniving woman, walks out. And all that Joseph did. You can't preach your man! Joseph looks up and says, Just one of these. Now, quickly, let me go to the book of Genesis, chapter 15. They said, Papa's dead. Papa's dead! Look what we did to Joseph. Look how we hated him and ended him and conspired against him. But now Papa's dead and he won't forget that. And David overheard him and started crying. He said, boy, you got it all wrong. You made it for evil, God made it for good. It was one of those things that God saw me through. And they said, you'll beat us with this. You'll starve. Joseph said, no. He said, I'm in the place where God wanted to be. He said, when I was a little boy, I didn't know what dangers, toils, and snares I'd have to come through. But I knew that God showed me that the throne was a throne. And one day it'd be different. And one day I'd stand the promise. And I'd see those boys. The Bible says in the 50th chapter of Genesis, all of Joseph's brothers got on their knees. They talked about him in chapter 37. They said, we ain't going to have to get in front of you. Joseph, we don't have a bound for you. But in chapter 50, they bowed down and they waited for him to take a whip. They waited for him to take a scourge and beat him. And Joseph said, I'm going to nourish you. I want to comfort you. Get up. I said, I want to do it. He said, my dream has come true. And God has brought me through many dangerous times. And everything that happened is one of those things along the way of the country. Let me give you this. I've been in the church for years. I'm not a pastor. I'm an evangelist. The difference between a pastor and an evangelist, you ought to know it, and I don't have time to explain it to the listeners. When I'm a pastor, there's a man right up above our church. His name had one little boy, but he was very, very rich. And I said to my teacher, and I saw him just a week ago, I said, oh, hey, I want you to go up by that man's house. That's the man's fellow I ever saw. We're going to invite him to our church. And oh, he said, he's one of every preacher's ever business. And I said, I don't care how many from him. Let's go up there and see him. Went up there and knocked on the door. He came to the door and he said, you're too young to pastor that church down there. I said, listen, I didn't get my call from you. I got it from the Holy Ghost. And you tell him that I'm too young. God sent me here and I'm here till he gets through a yeah. That man said, and I heard you say on living three hours that every knee about every tongue will confess. He said, Reverend, I got news for you. You and that speaking of yours, Holy Roberts, get off of my porch. He had a little boy, I'm not he's about five years old. I'm not going into details, but he had great plans for that boy. He said, I'm going to make him the greatest boy, the greatest man that South Carolina has ever witnessed. I said, listen. He said, that's right. I started school the next year, and the third day, the day he didn't take him after three days, he rode the bus, and when he got off the bus, I come to our throne, one block from our church, and started around two boys from Camden, South Carolina, with the waist, and then one of them took that little boy, as soon as I heard about the silence, I ran up there. A man 